Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. like a monkey if you will the pancakes and power slam show i am excited about what 206 episodes is going to deliver today and we have a fun and exciting 206th episode ladies and gentlemen we are a few weeks away from the four year anniversary wow Ladies and gentlemen, we <laughs> four years of this wonderful, wonderful show, and uh, so much memory, so so much to talk about, so much to just recap some awesome news uh, in in hand in, in store for us. So I'm really, really excited about that. Full, full pack show today. We're going to talk about a little bit of roadblock predictions. That is the next event coming up on this Saturday. So that will, of course, we will talk about that, about roadblock. And, uh, yeah, just uh, some interesting things that are leading up to roadblock. And, uh, yeah, just some, some really fun, interesting stuff. 
And, of course, we have the Flavor of the Week. We're going to uh, continue our WrestleMania series, WrestleMania 7 through 12. We're going to be talking about some title changes uh, with that, so I'm really excited about that as well. And, yeah, of course, we're going to talk about Raw. And the trivia questions today, uh, I've kind of been ripping the themes of uh, the Edge and Christian show that totally reeks of awesomeness. Uh, it's pretty, pretty, pretty interesting. Um, and so this, this week we're going to talk about, uh, the trivia is going to be madness themed. Yeah. So the madness themed trivia questions, we're going to talk all early Randy Savage. So WWE. Randy Savage trivia tonight. So that's going to be pretty interesting. And I have a lot of material to think about uh, to cover. So, ladies and gentlemen, we will be right back. But until then, enjoy the WrestleMania one theme song. Ladies and gentlemen, yes, I hope you enjoyed the WrestleMania One theme song. 
Uh, yes, we are going way back, ladies and gentlemen. Episode 206 of the Pancakes and Power Slam show. Of course, I am Chris Featherstone, your host at Crave Wrestling. You can follow on Twitter and Facebook at Crave Wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, we are going to go to the special guest for this evening. Former Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Champion, former Ring of Honor Television Champion, TNA multi-time tag team champion of the Wolves, formerly the American Wolves. A lot to talk about tonight. So I'm excited to bring on none other than Davey Richards. How are you tonight, sir? Good. How are you? I'm really, really good, man. It's great to have you tonight. Sure. Glad to be here. Awesome, man. So, yeah, so uh, we we all know about uh, TNA and your awesome run uh, in TNA with Eddie Edwards as uh, the Wolves. So, what was the was the transition from the Wolves to the American Wolves from a name point of view? Was it an easy transition to just take the American off? I know that you couldn't be the American Wolves because TNA, you know, of course the exclusive the brand exclusion exclusiveness and everything like that. So, it just became the Wolves. Was it an easy transition? Yeah, as far as the name, it was kind of chosen for. It's just because there's a just because there's intellectual property in, in Ring of Honor. Uh, the American Wolves name I actually own, um, hmm. but uh, there's intellectual property things, and you know, so uh, it was best to go with the Wolves. And we, you know, it's it's a very slight variation of what what we are and what we've always been. So the transition was extremely easy. Yeah, yeah, really. I will tell you what, man, uh, TNA. <laughs> Uh, to be honest with you, they they, they get a, I believe I'll be TNA. They they have a hit or miss sometimes when it comes to theme songs uh, throughout the duration of their uh, of TNA since 2002. But there's some theme songs that are really really good, and they just you know bat a thousand and just strike a gold mine. And for some reason, I think that uh, the Wolves theme song is very apropos for you and Eddie's aggression and just kind of like a, a wolf and, and just, it just really fits the team and the character. Did you have anything to do with the music? Did you, was it a matter of just getting a hand to you and say, Hey, this is what you have. Did you have any, you or Eddie have any type of uh, influence in determining the theme song? Uh, no, um, no, we didn't, but you know, we're, we were very pleased with our, uh, theme song. We we've always, I think, been pretty lucky. Uh, so we really liked our ROH theme, and yeah. then um, we really liked um, we liked our TNA theme. So we've always been pretty lucky with the uh, with the theme music stuff. So yeah, I mean, we're it was chosen for us. It was given to us, but we really liked it. Yeah. Uh, who's producing uh, themes now? Uh, his name is Serge Carter. Um, okay. Huh. Serge Salinas. Serge Salinas. Uh, yes, yeah, Salinas. <laughs> he's, he's a yeah. He he did, he just he composes. I think all the music, as far as I know, uh, for TNA, mm-hmm. except for like you know the guys that have borrowed music from like you know Hole or Marilyn Manson. But yeah, he's a talented guy, and um, yeah, we're very happy that what he came up with us for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did a did a really good job. If, as far as I know, Serge has been doing it uh, for quite some time, even since the inception. He maybe had a Light time off, maybe, but I know he's been doing it for quite some time, if not the whole time. So, yeah, that's uh, that's good stuff. 
So about the career of uh, of Davey Richards. So you've been uh, you've been in the, in the game now for for about a dozen years now, huh? Uh, just just shy of uh, I think it's about yeah yeah actually just about a dozen yeah too long. I'm beat up. <laughs> too, too long. Too long. But the the interesting part is like names like you, Daniel Bryan, Randy Orton, Roddy Strong, things uh, you know, names like that, you know, you start so early in the game and you know, you're still relatively young relatively young. You're in your early thirties. I'm I'm older than you and and I still feel young. Uh, but it but from a wrestling standpoint, it's kinda like dog years kind of. You know, you you've been wrestling for 12 years, but I'm sure all the matches that you, you know, wrestled, it feels like much longer than 12 years. Uh, would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it just depends on how you wrestle. You know, I wrestled, I wrestled in the hardest companies in the world, you know, between yeah. Ring of Honor and New Japan. And plus, you know, I've, I've been full time since the day I started. I've never taken, I mean, this, because right now I'm out with injury, this is the longest I've ever taken off. Um, and on top of that, I had 10 years of amateur wrestling before I got into pro wrestling. So there's definitely some uh, some miles on my body. Yeah. So you had some Muay Thai experience going into um, going into professional wrestling, right? Yeah, I started before. I started cross training in, in jiu jitsu and in, in, in Muay Thai before I got into wrestling, and I've kept it up ever since. Um, mm-hmm. I've always been interested in more. I was much more of a martial arts fan growing up than a professional wrestling fan. So that was something that always mm-hmm. kind of, I was, I was, I wanted to be in the Kumite more than WrestleMania. So, uh, you know, so it was, uh, you know, one of the things I just kept up was always an interest of mine. Now, was there any type of uh, wrestling influence as a kid? Like, I know that you like, that you like the um, uh, Muay Thai and Jiu Jitsu more than professional wrestling, but, were you inspired by any wrestlers as a kid? Was it something that you watched? I watched a little bit. Um, I watched a little bit. I wasn't a huge fan of it. Um, I didn't watch any of the WWF or, or yeah, I think it was, yeah, it was WWF back then. I didn't watch any of that back then. Um, but, uh, I was, uh, I, I, I saw like we got stampede in Portland wrestling where I was from. So I got to see dynamite kid and that was a really big, uh, that was a really big um, influence on me and still is to this day. Nice. So did you follow in a uh, UFC uh, in this inception, you know, 20 plus years ago yeah. when, you know, Royce Gracie was back, back then, you know, was big back then. Yeah, I sure did. I, um, I, uh, I definitely did. Yeah. I was always a big fan of that. And I just kind of, it was so, it was so new and so, you know, archaic at that point that it was yeah. kind of hard to find any kind of training. But I used to, I found a, what was called a pancreas gym back then. That's when I got my mm-hmm. striking and grappling and stuff. And um, just, you know, just it kind of you know, found my way from there to find a you know better place to train and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I remember watching uh, UFC 20 years ago, and just the <laughs> the lack of rules <laughs> that it had back then was just, uh, yeah, it was a lot less structured than it is now, which is a really good thing that it is now because some of the t- some of the times, you know, people would have those, those them chokes executed, it would just seem like forever before <laughs> they would let go, and 
Yeah, it was, yeah. It, was uh, it was pretty tough. It was pretty tough watching. It was it was grueling and gruesome and just grimy and and I think that people were it became infectious because of that type of style. But uh, yeah, it definitely had to have some sanctions to it for sure to uh, remain a a sport for sure. So that was, that was good. Right. That happened. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So around 2004, 2005, uh, you started your uh, PWG career. Uh, how did you end up getting a spot in PWG? And, you know, PWG is one of the, one of the most popular independent promotions. So having an opportunity to wrestle for P- PWG, uh, just about to start your career, had to be a big deal. Uh, I got my start down there because they had seen me wrestle at some smaller promotions in the Los Angeles area and said I could get on their show if I could get away down there, but I was too poor to buy a plane ticket, so I spent 36 hours on a Greyhound bus um, mm. to go down to their show, and then kind of, you know, and then we kind of worked out a deal to where, you know, we would split flights or they would fly me down but not pay me, you know, just because, you know, I was, you know, because they were, and at that point, they were still doing me a favor because that was extremely unheard of, you know, they were really cutting me a break, and Mm-hmm. Um, so they did all that and then, uh, eventually just, you know, worked my way into, you know, being a part of the, the, being a permanent part of the roster and kind of, you know, just earning my keep, you know? So, um, it was, uh, I owe those guys a lot as far as, uh, all my success in wrestling. They really gave me a shot when, when, when they, you know, didn't have to at all. Yeah. Yeah. Early experience with uh with TJ Perkins uh, right off the back. I'm pretty sure that uh you guys still uh, keep in contact? Uh not as much as cuz you know we're both grown now and you know he has a wife and I have a wife, but uh mm-hmm. we see each other around at shows every now and then again and uh you know always catch up and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, so you wrestled for PWG for for quite some time. I think it was about uh close to 10 years, about 8 or 8 or so years. Um what type of uh experiences did you have there? I'm pretty sore for wrestling there that long. They had to, you know, treat you well. Of course, I remember you know, having a really good uh match with Kenny Omega um to win uh, the the world championship. Uh and of course we know wow how <laughs> Kenny Omega's is blown up uh, this year, last year, really. Uh, so it's it's really good to to have people like you and, and Omega, um, and of course, you know, Generico, Steen, you know, so many people. Uh, even uh, I interviewed uh, Prince Puma, uh, Ricochet, uh, a couple months ago. And it's good to really have so many people come out of PWG uh, that have been very successful in other promotions. Uh, any uh, any specific experiences you remember, you know, as far as the best match or worst match uh, in PWG? Um, God, I mean, I had so many matches I thought were just so fun there, you know. But, uh, yeah, like when the match with Kenny was really fun, you know. Uh, getting to wrestle Loki there was always fun. And uh, just, you know, getting to wrestle Kyle O'Reilly there was always fun. And then, like, I guess, like, the worst match was me versus Kenny King because I think he I think he was hurt. I know he was hurt, and I was sick. So that match was mm-hmm. horrible. It was just a, you know, like, Kenny King's a great wrestler, and we always had good matches. But I remember he, he, his ankle was, like, really, really hurt, and I was really sick. Um, mm-hmm. So it was, it, was, it was kind of one of those can't win for losing things. No one's fault. It's just kind of, you know. But, uh, yeah, luckily no one really remembers that one. I'm sure he feels the same way, but uh, that one was very good. What year was that? You know what? I 
I, I tend to try to forget the bad ones, so uh, I don't know. I'll stop my head. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, definitely fair enough. Yeah. So, so was it bad? From I mean, you said it, you know he was injured, you were sick, but during the match, was it a matter of like the calls being bad, a bunch of botches, just not having enough energy to really press through the match? Like, what what made it so bad? Uh, well, I mean, he's a very agile guy and does a lot of like mm-hmm. you know, things that require agility. When your ankle's gone, it kind of throws all that out the window. And I, uh, I think I got food poisoning. If you ever had food poisoning, mm. I mean, you're, you're just I have. done. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're just, I mean, there, there's nothing, nothing's going to work. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's one of those things where you're just done. There's, yeah, I got, I mean, I'm a guy who likes to wrestle a really fast, intense style. And, uh, you know, like when, when you ever got food poisoning, I don't care how good your cardio is, you're, you're done from the go. So, yeah, plus, you know, you know, there was, I, I remember it being, during summer, like a real, or one of the really hot months, and uh, you know it was already hot in there, so it was just, it was a, you know recipe for the disaster. Yeah, it, it's so funny because I actually got food poisoning last summer, um, or was it last, either last summer or last fall, um, from a food truck uh, out of Vegas, oh, and, and uh, yeah, so. Me and food trucks. I don't think I've touched a food truck since then. Uh, I wasn't a big, I wasn't a big food truck guy, uh, but I worked in a corporate office and uh, we we had a bunch of food trucks come come along and and just kind of sponsor and just kind of let us know about them. It was like probably five or so, and uh, you know I was like you know let's just uh, kind of create a smorgasbord of, of just figuring out, you know, just tasting it. It was kind of like taste testing. And right. I don't, I don't remember which one it was, but I was done <laughs> after that. It didn't take long at all. I had to go to the hospital, was throwing up and it was just, it was coming out the front, the back sides. It was just no good. So <laughs> I definitely understand um, how bad it was. So, uh, kudos to you for still, you know, <laughs> competing, uh, yeah. uh, food poisoning for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. so ring of honor, 2006, about 10 years ago, you made your debut in ROH, um, and you won your debut match, right? Uh, yeah. Versus junior Ray. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I was supposed to debut a few months earlier, but I had blown my, uh, I tore my meniscus, uh, the night before I was going to debut. So, Mm-hmm. It had to uh, had to be on hold, but yeah, it came in and put me against Jimmy Ray, which was the perfect opponent. He was a really great guy, and, um, and uh, yeah, he took care of me, man. He was a good, good dude. So, and which is also great because you know a lot not a lot of people come in uh, only being in the business for a year or two and coming to somewhere like Ring of Honor, which is only about. Uh, I think Ring of Honor was like four years old at the time. Uh, they were still a growing company, but at that time they were still having some established names come through Ring of Honor. So, you know, still still having that break of Ring of Honor and winning your first match against Jimmy Rave, which at that time still was a pretty notable independent guy, was, was pretty awesome. So uh, a, a great break for you as well. Uh, so, it didn't take you long uh, to to really establish yourself in ROH. Uh, some some association with with Kenta, as we know now as Hideo Itami. How did that go about? It? What, what was the creation be, behind that to bring you into ROH? Uh, I just you know uh, the book 
Joker at the time, Gabe Sapolsky, uh, saw a lot of similarities between me and Kenta. You know, I've always been a much bigger fan of, like, Japanese-style wrestling than I have mm-hmm. of American wrestling. So, you know, he wanted to help me out, and, uh, you know, Kenta was, like, the hottest thing at the time, you know, so he put me with him. He wanted me to have a bright future in Ring of Honor, and, uh, yeah, it was really a... Uh, it was really an honor, you know, for, for lack of a better term. Um, and, uh, you know, it was, uh, it, I learned a lot and, uh, you know, the pressure was on me and I got used very early in wrestling having that pressure put on me. So I learned grace under fire. So it was good. I really liked it. You know, we wrestled a sim- similar style. He definitely uh, mm-hmm. brought out the best. Of yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, and it's great again, you know, another big name that, uh, you know, has went to, to NXT now known as Hidale top. He's injured, unfortunately, but, uh, definitely. And, you know, He's been a big. He's been a big name for you know that was ten years ago, and and, and Noah he was huge. So, yeah. Um, so you know, and and that was and that was awesome to to be with him. So you you had some some interaction. I mean, through before the American Wolves, I think American Wolves was about two years after you uh, debuted. Uh, you had some some inter some interaction with some great names, Briscoes, uh, Jimmy Jacobs. Uh, Tyler Black, I was just watching a series of matches uh, tonight, actually, of you and uh, Tyler Black. I watched about two or three matches uh, between you and Tyler Black, not only at ROH, but uh, AAW as well. So mm-hmm. you, you you had some, some awesome matches uh, w- with Tyler Black. Uh, I'm, sure it was a, I'm sure it was a pleasure working with him. Yeah, he's a great guy. He's very talented and a very motivating person to be around and um definitely deserves all the success that, that he's had so far in wrestling. You know, really good, really yeah. great guy. Mm-hmm. So what do you, what do you think about uh, just the, his, his treatment in the WWE? I don't know how much of the WWE you watch and how much you followed uh, Tyler Black, Seth Rollins uh, from the shield to his WWE world heavyweight championship reign. Uh, but what would you, how would you evaluate it? Because I, he hasn't really received some 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 good some good uh, ovations or, or some good uh, reactions, not because of his talent, but but because of the way he was booked. W- would you agree uh, with that? I wouldn't know. Uh, I, I I I don't watch it, so I mean, I know I know he was the champion, which you know, I mean, I, I think that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. And I know just from personal experience, you know, he's very committed and very. Uh, discipline and he's you know obviously it's just common sense and he's an extremely good wrestler i don't know how they portray him on there i don't know if he's a good guy or a bad guy like i said i don't i don't uh i don't watch it so i don't know um not to knock mm-hmm. it i just don't watch it um but uh you know i mean it's you know I, i'm sure you know it is what it is i mean he's i'm sure i'm sure he's living just fine so uh you know so good for him yeah definitely Wishing for a speedy recovery after his injury in uh, November, for sure. So, uh, do you ever keep in contact? Yeah, we actually, we actually, because uh, we both have the exact same injury. Um, uh, so yeah, we 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 go back and forth, just kind of more so, kind of like you know, what are you doing for rehab? What are you doing for training? Because he's like me, he likes to go out there and train hard. He's a very active person like myself. So yeah, we, yeah, we we keep in touch a little bit on Facebook, just. Just about you know like more so about not 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 about wrestling whatsoever just uh like training and rehab and stuff like that because we're kind of going through this me him and Matt Taven are kind of going through this knee thing together. Yeah, yeah, Taven too. Taven was on my show as well, and uh, you know he he uh, injured himself. Uh, I think it was um, I don't remember exactly what it was. Last fall maybe 
uh, spring, uh, summer, fall, or something like that. Uh, yeah, so wow. From both of you, all three of you having knee injuries, is is it just a matter of just a freak accident of uh, of landing wrong? No. I mean, what was it about? Because every wrestler is trained the wrong way. Uh, every single every single pro wrestler has been trained the wrong way. I'm not speaking in terms of like how they throw punches and bump and hit the ropes. Uh, the, the biomechanics, um, the, the the science of sport as it pertains to professional wrestling is just it has not been figured out and understood. Um, so, like, if you look how me, Tyler, and Taven, and BJ Whitmer, and all these guys have hurt their knee, it was, the, it was literally the exact same way. Um, mm. So it's because no one's training right because of the science hasn't been done. We're just starting to figure this stuff out now. So, no, it's not a freak accident. There's a, it's a direct correlation. It's all science. I don't want to bore you with it, but uh, I will remedy it. Interesting. So uh, do you see any progress with that? Yeah, I've undergone. Uh, I've undergone. I chose. Uh, I'm, I'm. I'm a medical student myself, so this is you know why it definitely sucks to uh, to have such a traumatic injury. It's also good because it gives me a, a chance to kind of put my money where my mouth is, as far as like my, you know, m- my medical knowledge. So I opted for a different procedure than most people get. I did. I took the, the patellar tendon, uh, which runs along the front of your knee, from my opposite knee, had it placed in my knee to have my ACL blown out. And studies have shown that dramatically reduces your recovery time. Um, and then I've, I've opted just to do my own physical therapy. I'm not hiring a physical therapist. I'm doing my own. And then, on, and then you know, how I want to, you know, structure uh, how I rehabilitate and as far as, like, my diet and as far as, like, my training. And I'm already uh, well, well, well ahead of the, you know, schedule. I see people on Twitter and, well, I guess only Twitter, but just saying, you know, I'll be out six to nine months, which, which kind of makes me laugh. Uh, but, uh, but, but the thing is, is like, you know, they're, they're ignorant to it, but it's understandable because that's typically been, you know, the time people are out of six to nine months, but once again, right. you know, I'm, 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 I'm changing all that. I, I'm not everyone else. So, wow. uh, yeah, I'll be back. Uh, I mean, I, I'm, I'm the, the, the day before I had surgery, I was able to do, you know, 500 squats. Uh, and then I'm tomorrow I will be three weeks post-op. And you know, I worked out twice today. I can walk. I can go. Up, I can go up downstairs. Uh, I can, you know, I, I make ex, ex, a massive, massive acceleration rate. And it just, and it all comes down to science. And that's one thing in wrestling that I'd like to focus more on going forward. Is you know, there, there's a side of wrestling, but I, but I would really like to train people because you know, I can, I can kind of fuse my love for, for wrestling and and with, with science to basically just build better athletes. Um, hmm. that's how I haven't really figured it out yet. It's just kind of getting there and go through the motions. But uh, there's there's a science to all this stuff, and uh, you know that's kind of that's my bag. So there, there's a very long answer to a very short question for you, <laughs> man. But but you know what? You know a lot of people listen to this show, and I think uh, that will be incredibly important uh, not only for professional wrestlers to know, but for athletes to know. Period. Yeah. And I definitely think yeah. that, uh, you know, someone like you would be able to revolutionize that, uh, especially, you know, particularly for professional wrestlers, because, you know, yeah. I, I've, I've listened to so many interviews and I've talked to many, many wrestlers that says the same thing as far as, you know, I don't want to be out for long because I might lose my spot. And, yep. you know, 
people don't want that. You know, if you you never know, it, it's such a, it's such a forwarding. It's it's such a a wave. Professional professional wrestling is such a wavy type of profession that if you're gone six or nine months, you you might be on the bottom or close to the bottom of the totem pole. So you know, and and, and it becomes tough at that time. So you reducing yeah. that. You you using your knowledge to reduce that can really save a lot of people's careers and save you know keep a lot of people making more money so that that becomes beneficial in many yeah. ways. Um, so and plus you know since you you know being in your early thirties you know you still have established a a career. You're in med school, which is great, and uh, you know because I can share with that I, I'm I'm in PhD school at this point. A point. So, you know, I, I definitely know and <laughs> am, am looking for I'm looking for ways, you know, to, to to extend my career as far as helping people as a whole. So that's a that's I commend you for that, man. That's that's great because a lot of people, you know, a lot of people don't have really lives post wrestling. You know, a lot of a lot of people kind of uh, try to scrape for jobs. And I've seen yeah. it. <laughs> I really have. I've seen it. People really. They've been doing it for so long, and you know, you even have people sixty, sixty-five years old still, you know, making pennies on a dollar doing independent shows, and it's yeah. really, really sad to see that. So, kudos to you I for agree. for having, you know, having that planned out and, and, and mapped out in the future. And plus, you got a a, a new wonderful wife and, and and baby, correct? Or or has she has she delivered yet, or no? She's no, she's getting ready to she's getting ready she's getting ready to pop any day. Ah, awesome! Well, congratulations to the both of you. That's uh, that's absolutely amazing. So, uh, for those who live under a rock, who are you married to? I am married to Angelina Love, or as I call her, Lauren Richards. Ah, and who's that? She is a TNA knockout. She is the founder of the Beautiful she's People. You're knockout. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, she's not my knockout. She's my boss. Uh, oh, she knocks you out, huh? <laughs> yeah, all right. And uh, she's a uh, no, she's a she's a very talented individual. She's a you know she's um she's putting herself through school while she's pregnant awesome. uh, right now to become an esthetician. She, you know she's top of her class. She's getting ready to graduate, and uh, you know and she, you know and as soon as she graduates, she wants to go back to wrestling and she'll wrestle and work as an esthetician and continue her school. And you know she's very. Very driven and very inspiring person to be around, and she'll make a great mother. Fantastic! Again, congratulations to the both of you. Um, yeah, I have a, a three-year-old and a one-year-old, and so yeah, two little boys. So I definitely know uh, the, the the birthing process very well. Not as well as women. I will never know that because uh, <laughs> I have much respect in the world of uh, the art of uh, childbirth. But uh, right. yeah, I, I know how it is to be a father with uh, with a crying baby, um, new newborn twice. So uh, again, kudos wow. to both of you, congratulations. So, oh, um, thank you very much. oh, no problem. So let's talk about the American Wolves uh, real quick. Uh, so, it, how did how did the team come about? What what made the team? Who who created the team? And what made it so successful? Um, we, we, we just wanted a team. Basically we went to, uh, we were in Japan, always wanted a team. And, um, you know, we, um, and, uh, so basically we, we wanted to, but Gabe at the time had plans for me as a singles wrestler. And after Gabe had left, Adam 
Pierce took over and he gave us an opportunity to tag and you know, right when we first started tagging, um it just it just it had a it just you know, it, it clicked. We just had that magic. We had that we had that timing down and we didn't have a name though, so we tagged in Wolverhampton, England and then, you know, we couldn't think of a name and then we were I was kinda of, I was thinking, I was like, well, you know, we're, we're two Americans and, you know, we're in Wolverhampton. I'm a big fan of the British Bulldogs. We should be the American Wolves. And that's, uh, that's, that's how we, that's how we got the whole thing started, man. And, you know, and what's made it so successful is that we're authentic. I think we're the only thing, I mean, well, I should say we're one of the very few things on television that is exactly how it was, uh, from our first match, like our gears, the same, the way we wrestle is the same, uh, everything about us is the same. I'm still Davey Richards. He's still Eddie Edwards. Um, you know, I, I guess we, we added a claw on our chest, but uh, you know, by and large, we're, we're the exact same thing. We've always remained true. I mean, you know, we've definitely have had people try to change us. Um, but we've always remained true to what we believed in. So what you see out there and the reason we have such a connection with our fans is because they can sense that it's very authentic. You know, we're not, we're not bought by anyone. Mm-hmm. So you end up beating Eddie to win your uh, your, your first um, and and only uh, ROH World Championship, which had a two hundred something day reign, very long reign. Um, so how was it beating your partner uh, to to win the to win the title? Um, I don't remember a whole lot of that match because I got knocked out midway through, and Eddie literally carried me through the rest of the match, and I'm, I've never I've never gone back and. I've never gone back and, and watched the match just because I don't want to see myself wrestle knocked out. So, um, you know, it was, it was closure to a lot of personal issues I was going through as far as concerning with like my family and stuff like that. And, um, you know, it was, um, it was just a really good, you know, it was a really good feeling to be able to share that moment, not only with, you know, Eddie there, but my friends to come out and, you know, see me win the title. So it was a, uh, it was definitely a surreal moment, both because I was only half conscious and two, just because it was, you know, a closure to a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 great, man. So, within the time of the American Wolves, uh, you guys broke up a couple. Well, broke up really one time uh, for a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, and, and you uh, started teaming with uh, O'Reilly uh, as Team Ambition, and then uh, had uh, some. Uh, you you teamed with uh, Bobby Fish for for a while too, right? Me? No, I didn't. Uh, no, Kyle O'Reilly teamed with Bobby. Kyle, Fish. Kyle O'Reilly teamed with Fish. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, but didn't uh, if I if I remember watching ROH at the time, didn't wasn't you kind of like the catalyst between Fish and O'Reilly? Because I, I remember them mentioning your name uh, as far as being the catalyst or something like that. I think it was something like, you know, it might have been Cozina though. It might have been Cozina uh, if, I, if I'm not if I'm not. It was either you or Cozina. Um, it may have been that was, yeah, the Tony, catalyst Tony's uh, between something up. <laughs> and, and for those who don't know who that is, uh, briefly explain who he is. He's literally the most ridiculous human, human being alive. But uh, he's uh, he's uh, no, he's um, he, he he's definitely my best friend. You know, he's he's clinically insane, but you know, just a great human being. You know, a very uh, very you know, kind of salt of the earth kind of guy. You know what I mean? And um always looking for the positive and, you know, just, 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 uh, love, just, just loves, 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 loves wrestling, uh, to a level that I can't even relate to. And, uh, you know, and just, uh, you know, just 
just a crazy zany guy who's you know you know a twelve year old living in a forty three year old body <laughs> and helped train some some notable names, yeah, he really did, yeah, awesome stuff, so the American wolves uh reunited in in two thousand twelve um uh well, you did defeat uh uh red dragon uh in two thousand twelve uh, and then you won the. I remember you won the. It, it was weird because you won the, the titles when you beat uh, Forever Hogan's, and then you lost uh, to to Red Dragon um, uh, not too long after that, if I'm not mistaken. Because I remember them showing like it was like taped because Warwick stuff is taped, but it was just a weird kind of hot potato. At that time, as far as the uh, the, the tag team titles, why was the reign so short? Uh, God, you know, I really, I really don't remember. I was kind of, you know, I wasn't, I was, I was in school like full time at that point, so I was kind of mm-hmm. just showing up to the shows and doing my job and then going home. I, to be honest with you, I really don't, I really don't remember why things were like that. I remember, I don't really remember winning them that well because. I know the night we won them in Toronto from the forever hooligans was the night that BJ Whitmer broke his neck and the, the, the paramedic at the show kind of froze. So I had to take over care for BJ and then get him sent off to the hospital and rush back and do my match. So the whole thing's kind of a blur. And I, I really, I don't remember even losing the titles. Um, uh, just, yeah, that's, that's all I can really say. I don't remember much of that mm-hmm. time at all, to be honest with you. Yeah. So what caused the departure from ROH? Uh, I just didn't, you know, a lot of things. I was I was very difficult to work with then. Uh, I was very um, unhappy with how, how, I, how I was being treated um, by management. But at the same time, I can look back now, you know, because hindsight's always 20-20. And uh, say that, like, you know, I was very um, – basically I was just burnt out on wrestling, which made me very unpredictable. Uh, at that time, I was, I was, I was, you know, it's funny the guys are wrestling in Ring of Honor in New Japan now, and people praise it, but people have to realize I was doing that before anybody was. You know, um, mm. I was the one who was Ring of Honor champion and wrestling as, you know, one half of the New Japan Junior Tag Champs. So I was going back and forth nonstop from wrestling to Ring of Honor as champion, which is very hard matches, and then going right back to wrestling in New Japan, which are hard matches. I was just, just really burnt out, and, um, you know, just how, how the whole portrayal of, of me and uh, went down towards the end there, which, you know, they, they had the reasons and they had, you know, I'm sure everyone was, was had good intentions, you know, and, and just the way I, you know, I was very, you know, kind of F the world at that point, you know, so, you know, I guess, you know, maybe, maybe they made some bad decisions and mixed with, you know, me making some bad decisions and it was just best that I, that I you know, leave and, you know, I've gone to, you know, better things and they've gone to better things. So, you know, it's a win-win and yeah, I have no grudge to, towards them at all anymore, you know, and just, that patch has been buried for quite some time. So I, at the time it was just, it was, you know, it was done, time to move on for both of us. Mm-hmm. So you've been with TNA for two years, multiple time uh, tag team champion now with uh, your party, uh, partner, Eddie Edwards. So describe the atmosphere in TNA. Now, you know, like I said, I've talked to many people that have not gave many positive regards uh, toward TNA, but you just, uh, if I'm not mistaken, you guys just signed another deal recently, if I'm not mistaken, or or in talks. So obviously 
there's something positive about TNA that you guys like that are treating you well. So Dixie and and uh, and Big John and and uh, and all the staff there, uh, how are they treating you and Eddie? Uh, you know, before we ever came to TNA, we, we heard that you know it was, you know, it it could be a nightmare and it could it could be mismanaged and you know and all this other stuff. But you know, I gotta say we've been there, you know. Little over two years, and you know, they treat they treat us great. You know, I got I got nothing bad to say about anyone there. The locker room's fantastic. You know, we uh, you know, like all the all the people there that work there. You know, we get along great, and you know, everyone works their butts off and really takes care of each other. And you know, and like it's really like a family there. You know, like when I got hurt, man, like you know this guy Raphael that works in you know in the office, and then Brian Hebner, they literally wheeled me through the airport and carried me and took care of me. And you know, and people were calling to check on me. So I mean, it's you know. It, They've never done me wrong, man. I got I got nothing but good things to say about them. You know, I mean, people make mistakes in the past. You know, I'm like, you know, unless I made mistakes in the past with how I left Ring of Honor. You know, but you know, you, you know, I think what really defines you as a person is not the mistakes you make, but what you learn from them and how you rectify. It. And you know, maybe maybe we are that. You know, we maybe we are teenagers rectifying because you know, through us, they they've been absolutely you know, they've nothing but professional and you know, really easy to work with. Mm-hmm. Right before then, there was uh, a lot of rumblings that uh, you were captured by the juggernaut of the WWE, and you had some NXT uh, time there, too. The American Pitbulls. Please let me know who came up with that name. Jamie Noble. Jamie Noble. Wow, that makes sense because he was a part of the Pitbulls with uh, Cash. So, yeah, interesting. Why and how and how did that come about? Uh, they just chose the name. Um, they just chose the name for us. Uh, it was kind of. It was kind of. They just. I think they just chose it that night. Um, which you know, I mean, because I understand because they couldn't use anything wolves because intellectual property again. That's just how the legality of things work. And uh, no, it was fun, man. You know, we went down there, then we came back for a week, and you know, it was good times. They're good people, man. They treat us well. And, you know, their facility down there is. Their facility down there is amazing. It's top notch, and you know, good group of guys. So yeah, man, we we had, we had a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. How come nothing was finalized or, or sealed up as far as you stand there? Uh, I just don't have any interest in going to WWE um, as a wrestler, just because it's it's not congruent with my schedule. Like, I want to finish mm-hmm. school. And I have a job outside of wrestling that I really like, and and I really don't like traveling, so I stopped going to Japan. Uh, so to me, just to quit everything and just move down there and, and, and just wrestle, it just, it just doesn't work for me. I operate best when I kind of wrestle, you know, I do my wrestling thing and I come home and do my real life thing. So I just, that's, yeah. that's what works for me. So, you know, TNA allows me to have that kind of schedule. So it's, for me, it's perfect. Makes sense. Makes perfect sense. Especially, you know, for all the grueling matches that you've done and, and, you know, the fact that you've been wrestling for a dozen years all over the world, so to have a uh, a tamed schedule makes perfect sense. So that's great. So yeah. what's next for the Wolves and particularly Davy Richards? Uh, I'll be back during the summer uh, for my injury, and I'm you know I'm, I'm going out and training in California with Nick Kirsten. He trains you know a couple of UFC champions and WBA champions and Olympic athletes, and I'm also going out to Pittsburgh to training with Dr. Linnell Mitchell, who trains with a lot of, like, the, you know, the Steelers athletes and, you know, a lot of Olympic athletes. 
as well. So I'm really putting a lot of time in, in, into my training to come back and into the best shape I've ever been in. And I really like to, you know, continue, you know, tagging with Eddie and do our thing as the Wolves. And, you know, tonight on impact, Kurt just gave me the eighth block. So I want to use that and get some, get some singles, get some singles glory behind me and TNA. And then, you know, we'll see what happens from there. Awesome. Best wishes to you, man. Uh, speedy recovery. Uh, how did the injury happen real quick? Anyways. This is a really, this is where I can really geek out on you, but um, it happened when I came off the top rope. Uh, it wasn't anyone's fault but my own, but there was a it was a long chain of reactions that made it happen. Uh, just it, which I could just bore someone to tears with the biomechanics. And, and basically, if I explain it to you the way I'd want to, you, you're, you'll be living my wife's nightmare. I was bored you to tears. So uh, I came off the top rope and just you know. It, planted wrong and it just you know it was my hips were really tight my ankle stability and flexibility was really subpar so my knee took all the brunt because that's how the kinetic chain works and uh you know just uh you know long time coming and it finally went you know and it's it's kind of misaligned as my body was it could have been a lot worse so i actually got out pretty lucky Mm, awesome well not awesome that you are injured but awesome that you (laughs) it could have been worse so uh, oh yeah absolutely yeah, for sure, man. Great. Uh, I'm I'm very very honored and pleased that uh, you were all, that, that you were willing to join us tonight. And uh, thank Absolutely. you so much for your time and uh, best wishes to you, man. Speedy recovery. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Have a good night. You are now listening to the Pancakes and Power Slam show, hosted by Chris Featherstone and Derek of Crave Wrestling. This is the new Tuesday Night Titans. Derek, we got Raw, we got Roblox, but before that, we had Davey Richards. Awesome interview, man. Oh, it was an excellent interview. You kidding me? I mean, this guy opened up so much. We've got serious input from someone who's, you know, in the wrestling business, been there, done that, and he's got so much more going on, especially with his uh, new theories about, uh, you know, rehabbing your uh, broken knee and busted ankles. Yeah. I mean, this is what, honestly, you made a great point. I mean, people can make so much more money, uh, better their careers, so they didn't have to sit out for so long from, like, something of a, a, a knee injury. I mean, it's something that humans have suffered with for since the beginning of time but you know every day counts especially in a business and athletics and so it's something that man i'm really looking forward to seeing what's going to be in the future for this and it was first broke here on the pancakes power slam show absolutely yeah man it it sure was and uh you know like i know i know a lot of people listen to the show and i'm thankful for that every single time but i'll tell you what man um you know, breaking some stuff like that, and 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 I, I I'm very confident that people will gravitate to Davy Richards, um, as far as his professional career, and, I, and I'm very sure that his medical career will make way more money than his professional wrestling career. So, you know, and, and again, it really, it really does my heart well uh, to see people have lives outside of professional wrestling it really does because i mean i i follow wrestling so closely i mean and just people's careers and i've seen so many people just really really unfortunately 
Um, just still, you know, 65 years old, still, like I said, making pennies on a dollar, still, you know, doing indie shows. And it's really, really hard to see, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to name names tonight, at least, uh, you know, for, for out of respect for, you know, the interview and just the progress and uh, in, in helping people with injuries and, and just uh, congratulating uh, Davey Richards for, you know, already, already mapping his career out and just really still enjoying uh, the art of wrestling and something that he loves to passionately do and having the condensed schedule that really allows him to still love wrestling, but still, um, you know, pay his bills with something that he loves to do and, and really have a, a future. Matter of fact, the guy's only 33 years old. He just turned 33 last week. So it just, it's really, really good to see that. It's excellent to see that. And yeah, I understand what you mean. You love to see you go to a wrestling show and, you know, somebody from your, your past, your childhood heroes going to be at the wrestling show. What you think of them in anticipation, that's going to be the same exact person and the same exact look. And then you're like, wow, yeah. yes, he deserves exactly. better than this. You want him to have yeah. better than that. But, you know, uh, I mean, but that's just the name of the game. So you got to take the good with the bad and the ugly. But, again, if there's anything that can help prolong these these uh, careers and uh, just make them into fruition as far as just, you know, I see the honky-tonk man yesterday. I want to see him today. You want to see him look the same way. I mean, exact same thing with, with anybody, not just him, but even football yep. players and you know, basketball, baseball. I mean, it's all the same. You just want to see who you idolized and grew up with. And sometimes it doesn't always work out that way, but, and you just hate to see them, you know, have to, yeah, they probably made 50 bucks to drive, you know, 200 miles to Podunk, Kentucky or something. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah man, exactly. <laughs> it just, you know, as someone who's been in the business for, you know, 30 years, you know, who's, had many, you know, marquee WrestleMania moments, you know, 25 years ago. You know, now they're just kind of accepting any type of indie booking and, uh, you know, kind of uh, strolling out, you know, almost <laughs> almost uh, immobile, you know, going out to a ring and, and just still – you know, getting a $50 check just to drive to the next town. Like you said, I totally agree with that. Very, very sad. All right, real quick, let's get to Raw and Roblox, Roblox predictions and Flavor of the Week. we got to, we got to, you know, mush that and, and, and uh, condense that all into uh, 30 minutes. So let's start with the first trivia question, the, the first Randy Savage trivia question. And like I said, today's trivia question is the madness year. And so we will continue to to do that uh for for tonight. That is the theme. So the so the opening question is what city and state where was Randy Savage born? Where was Randy Savage born? Okay, let's get to Raw. We get a Big Show. Um is out. We get Shane McMahon entering promo in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, Undertaker is gone. Come on, then Vince McMahon gets a lot of heat by doing that, which was pretty good. Cuts a promo on the stage, shatters an old uh, photograph, and commands security to get Shane. But Shane takes out security. So this really seemed like it was just for the purposes of making Shane McMahon look good, which I was cool with. 
I just don't see how. Again, it, no, there there was no taker there, so it just really seems like they've been doing such a lackluster job building this WrestleMania. It just seems so flat to me. They're just assigning matches with very flat builds. In the in the what's so worse about the what's what's so bad about that is they had three hours to really to really expand and really just nurture this this feud. I mean, this is your money feud. I mean, other than Roman Reigns and Triple H, which they're taking Roman Reigns out of dates now because of his uh, surgery. So, I mean, he might not show up to the, the week of uh, WrestleMania, which is in, you know, uh, three weeks. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's sad because, you know, like I said, other than Reigns and Triple H, this is your money feud. And even with this money feud that you have, you're, they're still doing a lackluster job. You see them the first segment of the night, and you don't see them the rest of the segment. Out of three hours, all the fluff that you've done on Raw, throughout the Raw, could have been totally saved, could have been saved to, like, superstars or main event. And your money feuds are the feuds that need to be concentrated on instead of just random Kalisto and Tyler Breeze matter. Come on now. Just ridiculous. Build your feuds, build your money feuds, and make people actually intrigued of watching it. Just bringing Shane in the beginning of you know the show just to beat up security, what really does that do in the long run? It doesn't do anything for you. I mean, it was just a lackluster raw. I mean, I, I wish so much it would just go back to two hours. And, uh, you know, the Shane O'Mac, that was fun. It's always fun to see him because, I mean, especially when they're doing, they relive the old moments of Shane O'Mac. And uh, you just don't realize how much of a daredevil this guy was. But, again, with the match going up to The Undertaker, it's like the match, how is it going to end? Is The Undertaker going to take a dive for Shane so he can save the WWE and take over Raw and, you know, see if we yeah. can have this huge, you know, impact of Raw, make the ratings better, make the product better? this, that, and the other thing. I just don't see any of that happening. And if it does, it's great, but I don't want to see The Undertaker take That's his thing. You don't – if The Undertaker loses, then The Undertaker loses, and that makes his streak and the mystique and everything about him just kind of go out the window. If Shane mm-hmm. O'Mac loses, then what do we have to look forward to? I mean, so the next Monday Night Raw is going to be the same old Monday Night Raw, and yeah. it's just not going to be anything instrumental to really orchestrate – what they're trying to do. And I just, I think it's baloney to begin with putting these two together and at WrestleMania. So it, it's in a hell in a cell. I don't even, I, has Shane ever been in hell in a cell? I don't think so. Not but that I, no, not that I, I could recall, be, no. I don't think so, but I mean, I see Undertaker's domain and it's just the Shane to win without the Undertaker taking a dive just to further screw Vince McMahon. I, I just don't see how this is going to play out. So it's, but yeah. again, Monday Night Raw was horrible. And, and especially at WrestleMania, that's the thing. I mean, if this was just, even if this was like a SummerSlam or a Survivor Series, you know, for for uh, some type of screwy finish to make sense, okay, whatever, I'm cool with that. But for you to have such a long legacy of The Undertaker, first of all, and we'll talk about this, you know, leading more towards WrestleMania, what did... Brock Lesnar beating The Undertaker. I think I'm even going to write an article about that. What did the streak ending do? I mean, in the long run, what did it do? What, who did it help? 
And so we'll definitely, you know, we'll definitely elaborate into that more. But even with that, you know, you're still trying to revive and make the streak important. Uh, I just wish that somehow you have we ha- we could have another uh, Undertaker versus Brock Lesnar match at WrestleMania. You know, uh, kind of like if if Taker loses, his career is over. But if if, if Taker wins, he gets he gets the win back or something like that. You know, just just to kind of at least you could put an asterisk uh, on his on his streak, but it'll still be you know officially it'll it'll be it'll still be undefeated with the calls type of thing. You know, I think that'll be way better because it. Yeah, we'll go further into that. You know, uh, in the further weeks in in the coming weeks, Kevin Owens defeating Neville, great match, but again, what does this do in the long run? We're not going to see any. It seems like we're going to see a multiple-person ladder match again at Mania, which is good. I like ladder matches at Mania. It's it's a good you know it's a good alternative to Money in the Bank. I'm cool with it, but at least make people credible Intercontinental title challengers. Neville doesn't win matches. I mean, he had a good match against Finn Balor in NXT last week, but still he lost at he lost in NXT. I mean, NXT is an awesome brand. It's it's a better brand to watch than WWE, but it's still a it's still the developmental B brand. It's still a, it's still an inferior brand to WWE. So if you're losing matches against Finn Balor on NXT, how does that make you a credible contender for the Intercontinental Title? I just don't understand. And he's beating, and you know he 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 beat uh, Big Show uh, by count out on on a SmackDown, and you know he's he's beating all these, you know he's doing this KO Mania. And he's beating all his contenders. So by him beating all his contenders, how do how does that make sense of a multi-person match? If all these people, Kevin Owens, and matches on Raw, leading into WrestleMania, if you have like five people just beat him simultaneously on like Raws and SmackDowns, that would make sense for them to be opponents of Kevin Owens. If all of them beat him leading into Raw, even if he, even if Owens does like a disqualification on uh, two or three of them, you know, because he's just upset and he just wants to throw the match and it's disqualification and he still officially loses, even if people have wins against Kevin Owens, even count out, even if he walks out and does the typical, you know, sleazy heel walk out, kind of, you know, throws his arms up and, and just walks out, that's still considered a count out loss. So if you have these losses against him rack up before Mania, that's what makes more sense to have a ladder match leading into Mania. But if you keep beating your opponents, how does that make sense to have them go against you? Because they technically didn't earn a title shot. Didn't earn a title shot. And honestly, last night, Neville made that match. He made the match spectacular. I mean, the dude was throwing stop after stop. I mean, just... Absolutely blown it up, and then Owens just gets him by roll-up. That was so unbelievable, such a quick yeah. – that upset me more than anything. And as the fact that, yeah, Owens gets beat a lot, he has these little tantrums. I mean, he wears his shirt during the matches. That was always kind of a, you know well, – He kind of has to to make – you know, he kind of – Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know he's got to. But, I mean, but he plays a role great. I mean, as far as yes. being the bully tough guy. So, I mean, I'm not taking that away from him. But, again, the match itself, I mean, Neville made that match. Kevin Owens 
Neville could have wrestled a, a broomstick last night. That would have been amazing. And yeah. so this Owens, he needs something to make him relevant again. He's got the Intercontinental Championship. That's great. But, I mean, he just comes out. He doesn't. He doesn't win his matches the way he should, and or he just loses them, like you said, via count out or disqualification. So, and uh, this is something that's just kind of up in the air. The Intercontinental Championship scene should be a little better. It's not as bad as it was, but again, I mean, this I, the ladder match would be great. WrestleMania, like you said, the first ladder match happened. I think WrestleMania ten between uh, Razor Ramon and Shawn Michaels, and it's kind of been a mainstay since throughout the Hardys, Edge and Christian. Good so, job. I just wanted to uh, to point that out. I'll give all the props to Neville last night because he saved that match and made Owens look like a million dollars. Yeah, absolutely. And also another correct answer uh, for the correct for Columbus, Ohio, for uh, that's where Randy Savage was born. It's actually my native hometown as well. All right, so we yes. So now we got, uh, real quick, Summer Rae and Brie Bella, looks like they're going to, I don't know, I was thinking about this earlier, I was at the gym this morning, and I was thinking about how would how does Brie Bella and, and Lana make sense, because just a match between them would just be a disaster. I, I, I'm just not interested with a single match between them. And this is what I thought of. I think if, I, I think if they have Daniel Bryan, on the side, in, you know, in the corner of Brie Bella and Rusev, in the corner of Lana, I think with them just drawing enough pops and heat to be in the corners of those two would make so much more sense. And at WrestleMania, Brie Bella wins the match. Rusev kind of, uh, you know, bullies uh, Brie Bella a little bit, kind of uh, overshadows her, stands over her in a sense. And then Daniel Bryan comes in the, the ring, and, you know, it, it seems like he can't do anything because of his neck. And, you know, Rusev still tries to attack him, and he g- rolls right into uh, a, uh, a yes lock. So, and I'm sure that Daniel Bryan could do a, a yes lock. So that that would be the best. I mean, that, that would make that match memorable. And then after that, you get the yes chance in Dallas. You know, you get a, you get you know, hundred thousand people, eighty thousand people, uh, saying you know, yes, chance. <laughs> that would be that would be the moment for that match. That would be a good way to have that match, if possible. Rusev, Dana Bryan in the corners, and then you know have that ending and, and ends with the yes chance. That would be the only way possible that I can that I can imagine making that match have any type of sense and it, the funny part of it is it would actually be a lot more intriguing and worthy to be watched if Rusev and Daniel Bryan were in the corners yeah I totally agree that would be great and it would be a lot better I mean it's a kind of a shame that the Divas match would have to rely on to have Rusev and Daniel Bryan but you almost have to fit Daniel Bryan in there with the uh, status exactly. and everything yep. and yeah he could do a few moves why not so I mean that would be great but I don't know. I'm I'm not intrigued in this angle at all. I mean, Bree already stated that she's on her way out. So yeah. it's you know what else do we really need to see from her? Uh, with Lana, uh, it's it's just 
I, I'm the ship has sailed. I kind of think I don't see. I mean, she hasn't really done anything relevant. I don't care anymore. Uh, it's just kind of a boring thing until she gets in the ring and actually shows what she can do. I can't think of the last match she's been in that's been. I mean, has she ever really been in a legitimate no, match? No, that's the thing. Yeah, that's she the thing. Do I don't. So, I mean, big deal. She's bowling Bree. Bree's got tons of experience on her. So why is this even something that people are worried about or even put an angle together? So, yeah. Exactly. Overall, yeah. I mean, it's it's a disgrace and it's boring. Yeah. That that outcome to me would be good. That that would actually make it a worthy match and, and to look forward to. Uh, we got the Dean Ambrose and Aaron promo. Next, uh, Randy Savage trivia question. What year did he debut in the WWE? What year did he de- – actually, I'm going to ask this to you, Derek. What year did he debut in the WWE? 1985. Good job. 1985 yeah. it is. What WrestleMania did he wrestle Ricky Steamboat? That's an open question. What WrestleMania did he wrestle Ricky Steamboat? All right, Seamus Rusev Baird defeating Dolph Ziggler elimination match. Again, I, I just really don't know why. I mean, you, you, you tweet. I just really don't understand just the writing of the WWE a lot of times. And I really try my best to to, to grab some positives from just the writing and just the logic. But first of all, you, you've had Ziggler and Owens fight, but now you're Given Ziggler is being booked to go against the League of Nations because he sent a tweet. Come on, I mean that just doesn't make any sense. He sent a tweet early in the day that he deleted, so he gets punished for having and having an elimination match against the League of Nations. I, I just really don't understand. Again, I don't understand how this appropriately builds for your biggest pay-per-view of the year three weeks away. How does that properly build for any of them? It makes absolutely no sense. I, I just I just really don't understand it. Uh, Sasha and Becky defeating Tamina and Naomi. You know, th- this was just simply to, to, to uh, you know, best Sha- Sasha and Becky to make them uh, really kind of pawns for, for Charlotte because, uh, you know, she attacked Sasha and Becky on SmackDown, which led, you know, to the determination of the triple threat, and she attacks them again. So, you know, a lot of a lot of Charlotte attacking. So uh, I'm sure that we'll probably get uh, Sasha and or Becky besting uh, Charlotte leading into WrestleMania. But, so, you know, I was actually – there was a part of me that was actually excited about this match uh, for uh, for a second, but I, I'm just not really liking the way that they're booking it. Yeah, I don't like it at all. I mean, you got Charlotte; she's you know attacking everybody. I mean, I guess she's trying to. I mean, Nikki Belly did that a lot too. So it's kind of it's just a typical diva thing. But her reign was boring too. <laughs> her reign yeah. was boring. Yeah, it's oh man, that's, that's the problem with the divas division. I mean, people come in like Paige, Charlotte. And you're so excited and ready to see it. And it just turns out to be a total, it's like mashed potatoes without the gravy. It's just, it's there, but you know, what's the point? It's, you know, really 
the Divas division, it's always up and down, but most part it's just lame and lackluster. So I just there's really not a whole lot to say about it. Ziggler and Rusev, Barrett and Sheamus, again, that was just throwaway. Ziggler's almost boring to watch anymore. I mean, he's great in the ring, but you just know he's going nowhere. And he's going nowhere fast, and that's just an absolute shame. It really is. It really is. Yeah. Um, yeah, good answer. Good uh, job. WrestleMania three, of course. I mean, that was that was easy. Next question is, what year did the Mega Powers explode? What year did the Mega Powers? Oh, <laughs> it was. Oh, did I say that too loud? Selling to you. <laughs> oh well, you know. Good job. Good job. That is the 1989. That's the year the Mega Powers exploded. Our Saturday night's our, main event. It, it what or the main event? I believe it was called at the time. Um, the main event. My, so that was yeah. Saturday night's main event. The main event. Whatever. Tomato. Tomato. Basically. Um, what match was it? Uh, it was against uh, Hakeem, Hakeem, and uh, Big Boss Man. Good job, the Twin Towers. Speaking of that, kudos to the Big Boss Man for Woo-hoo! being a part of the, the the newest inductee to the WWE Hall of Fame. I was really excited about that, man, because uh, it's been so long that he has been one of the people that you know has been talked of about as being you know a a, a deserved Hall of Famer that that should be in the Hall of Fame. So it was just really, really awesome to see. So, yeah, so ever, so when I thought about it, I thought of if you ever take a trip down down to Cobb County, Georgia, you better read the signs, respect the law and order. You'll serve hard times. You'll be serving hard times. You know the big boss man will make you walk the line. You better watch out, boy. You'll be serving hard times. Yeah. Come on, man! You, you gotta, you gotta love it. You gotta be inside the, the theme song and just really embrace it. You gotta, you gotta really embrace the theme song of Big Boss Man. Gary's a big stick, a ball and chain too. Yeah, look up for trouble. I mean, he'll be coming after you, serving hard times. <laughs> yes, you gotta love it, man. I, I, I immediately look because I, I. Told people throughout the, the years, man, I'm a theme song guy. I love, I love, I love, I love theme songs. And I think that a theme song can really make or break someone's career. And the big boss man, he was an agile big man. He wasn't, you know, the biggest, you know, he, he wasn't like really a large in life character. Very good hand at the time. Very good heel. I posted on the Crave Wrestling Facebook page the uh, heel to first face turn, which was amazing. Uh, when he, you know, turned on uh, uh, DiBiase and Slick, uh, because I mean, come on now, look at the look at the booking at that time. Turn on Slick and DiBiase because he didn't know that DiBiase paid Slick to have Bossman take <laughs> the bag with the belt in it. Come on. I mean, that is booking. That is storytelling at its finest. And that wasn't even a main event feud. That I mean, that is absolutely incredible, man. I just, I really don't understand where that's gone. I just, I just, I don't understand where that's gone. All right. Uh, it's, 
Golden Truth segment, and somehow Mark Henry gets involved in it and eats the pizza. I mean that that you, you get my point. <laughs> we get the we get the big boss man, the reason why he turned face, and then we get to Golden Truth. I, I'm not even opposed to Golden Truth. I'm not even. I don't even think it's a horrible idea. Use utilize both of them. I mean, it's better than just wrestle random matches on main events or superstars. I, I'm okay with it. But just, I mean, it's stretching out, out long, and then Mark Henry just looking like an idiot every single week that he's on the uh, on the show. I just, oh, it's really hard to see. Real quick, let's uh, spend a little bit of time talking about Y two AJ. Um, I, I I just I don't like it. I just I, I said I said last week, you know, basically they're setting up for a turn. They come up with the Y2AJ search. You're, you're wasting money and you're misleading people. They're buying Y2AJ shirts, and, you know, for them to have, be a two-week team, I, I really think oh, there's so much more that could have been built around this that it's mind-boggling to me. You're, they're, you're doing a an express route to something that could take a lot more time to build. They could have won the tag team titles for the New Day, at uh, this week, you know, and they could have, uh, or or I would even had them, you know, have the match at Roadblock, New Day lose, you know, by disqualification, which was set up a match at WrestleMania. Y two AJ actually win the match, win the titles. That's AJ's big moment, you know, because him beating Jericho at Mania, that's not a big moment because he's already done it twice. He's already done it at the last pay-per-view. He did it at Fastlane. So him beating Jericho at Mania is just another – I mean, you just beat him two pay-per-views in a row. What is that going to do? You beat him in your debut match on Raw, and you beat him two consecutive pay-per-views. How is that putting you over? And it's just another Jericho turn, which leads to another Jericho loss. It, it, It does nothing for AJ Styles. Yeah, we'll see a good match. Of course, sure. But still, people complain about, you know, Dolph Ziggler and Kevin Owens having so many matches that dilutes, you know, the the essence of their feud and the proper build. I feel the same way with Jericho and AJ. You could have really stretched this feud out, actually have them win the tag team titles, kind of like when uh, uh, Guerrero and and Mysterio, when, when Guerrero turned heel on Mysterio, they actually had the tag team titles and they were, you know, feud with Eminem. And, you know, Guerrero walked out on Eddie. I mean, uh, Guerrero walked out on uh, Rey Mysterio, Eminem, you know, capitalized on that. And just that's how you build. That's how you build a feud. Give it some time. We don't want to see four matches between them two and three of them AJ Styles wins. I just, I, it, it's mind boggling to really understand the logic in this booking. Having Jericho and AJ go against each other again at WrestleMania is a total waste. Uh, it's a waste a dozen times now. And they like they make t-shirts for these guys and they're only around for a couple weeks. I mean, what if you were to buy a t-shirt with Y2AJ? I mean, you'd yeah. be pretty upset because it's is like, hey, I remember that 2 weeks ago and now it's over with. So, I mean, there's yeah. no there was no sense behind it. We've seen him wrestle again, or I mean, over and over again. So why, why drag us out and put it on WrestleMania when it doesn't? It's not a WrestleMania match because it's been done so many times in the past. It's 
you know, Jericho, he had his heel turn, whatever. He had a temper tantrum. He got mad at AJ. It, that's not good for Jericho. He deserves better. He needs better. And, you know, AJ stuff do a lot better. I mean, him your right backs. Have him against, maybe not the family yet, Ziggler. It would be great. Him and Dolph even him and Neville. I mean, for crying out loud, man. These guys would tear the house down. But they have to put him in a tag team with Jericho just to tear him up two weeks later. And it's it's disappointing. They were fun as a tag team. I enjoyed them. I liked them. I wish it would have lasted, you know, a couple more months or so. But evidently that wasn't in the cards or WWE put the kibosh on it. So that's what we have to live with. But, no, it's it's not a WrestleMania match that I could really care to see because I've seen it. And AJ is going to come out being the champion or the winner. And Chris Jericho is going to put his tail between his legs, maybe shake his hand again. At this point, I don't really care. Yeah, I totally agree with that. All right, so let's get real quick. Uh, we we got Kalisto and Tyler Breeze. That's uh, very, uh, yeah, nothing. Ryback and Curtis Axel. Looks like they're building Ryback. We'll talk about that in the coming weeks. And then Dean Ambrose defeating uh, Bray Wyatt by disqualification. Wide family attacking Ambrose. Triple H coming out. And then Ambrose gets a, uh, you know, uh, he, he gets a, I guess, an advantage you know, towards roadblock. and But, you know, at the end of the day, this really set up, you know, for it, – it really it really made – caused the setup for uh, uh, Triple H to win because Ambrose got the, uh, the, the advantage at the go-home show before. So it just made, you know, Triple H win. We'll get to the, uh, we'll get to the predictions here in a minute. Uh, but yeah, it just really didn't make sense for you know for that to happen, and it was just it just made to me it just made the the finish for Roback Roback so much more predictable. Totally predictable, and uh, you know Triple H. Well, mostly with Ambrose, just why you don't need this spot right now. I mean, it's let your buddy Roman Reigns do his thing at WrestleMania. I mean, focus on Brock Lesnar again. You're dumbing down the feuds between the two. I mean, it's, I don't understand. I mean, Brock Lesnar's going to be upset for the fact that, you know, I've got this big match against, we're being billed as a big match against Ambrose. And however, he's going to go up against Triple H because he would rather, you know, be champion and fight his buddy or whatever. Or no, actually, how have they established what's going to happen? Was Roman Reigns going to go against Ambrose because Reigns won Royal Rumble and so he gets to fight the champion? Or is Brock Lesnar going to get to fight the champion if Ambrose wins? against Triple H. Again, it's like just what there's no sense made of this and it's just an absolute travesty for every party involved that you know this this isn't it's uh it's making no sense of anything and it's kind of making WrestleMania look stupid. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, um it's really tough um to to really experience uh, this leading into WrestleMania. It really, really tough. All right, so let's real quick let's get to uh, let's get to the flavor of the week and then the predictions. It is now time for the flavor of the week. The seven we saw the nasty boys defeating the Heart Foundation in. Uh, well, Jim, Bret Hart and Jim Not Hart to win the WWE WWE Tag Team Championship at that time, and of course, 
Hogan defeating Slaughter to capture another World Heavyweight Championship match. WrestleMania, World Heavyweight Championship run. WrestleMania 8, we saw Bret Hart defeating Roddy Piper for the Intercontinental Championship. That that match was absolutely incredible. Uh, And then uh, Cyrus defeating Flair for the World Heavyweight Championship. Very valiant match. That was actually one of my trivia questions. So there you go. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, that that was the, the two. For some reason, that was like the fifth to last match. It was just, just weird. Just Hogan being Hogan and just winning the last match and having a match with Sid Justice, you know, in, in his qualification. Just, oh, it's just weird. And then nine was uh, Caesar Palace, was, uh, which was uh, actually <laughs> coined as one of the worst WrestleManias of all time, unfortunately. Uh, we saw a we saw Yokozuna beat the <laughs> well, yeah. We saw Yokozuna beat Bret Hart to win the World Heavyweight Championship, and then him have a twenty two second reign uh, to lose against once again Hulk Hogan. And <laughs> WrestleMania ten, which is actually quietly one of my favorite WrestleManias. Um, that was one of the first WrestleManias I really uh, I remember watching. I mean, I, I watched WrestleManias before that, but 10 to me, uh, I was a teenager. I was about to be a teenager at the time. And uh, yeah, it was it was a really, really good WrestleMania that I remember. Uh, so with that, we had uh, Bret Hart finally getting his uh, – <laughs> His his moment and beating Yokozuna, um, uh, you know that that was and winning the world heavyweight championship that was a really good match. WrestleMania eleven, we had uh, WrestleMania eleven. Yeah, the the smoking guns lost to Owen Hart and Yokozuna. Uh, Razor Moan, uh he 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 won by disqualification. He didn't you know he didn't win the, the title. Uh, so that was really it. Uh, LT and Bam Bam Bigelow was uh, uh, definitely coined as one of the worst uh, main events of all time, unfortunately. And then WrestleMania 12, real quick, before we get to the predictions, um, we had uh, Shawn Michaels defeating uh, Bret Hart in the Iron Man match, of course. That was one of the best matches of all time. Um, and then the tag team titles were vacant to the Bayadonna's one, but that was, uh, the free for all match. That was probably one of the Bayadonna's, you know, best, <laughs> best moments of their, uh, short career. But, uh, out of the, out of those, uh, WrestleManias, which one, which title change stood out the most for you? Uh, it stood out the most, honestly, I mean, Hogan against Sergeant Slaughter, that was when I was really in the mecca of the wrestling movement when I was a kid. Uh, Sergeant Slaughter was the absolute biggest. I can't imagine a bigger heel than what he was. Just the whole Iraqi thing. And uh, you know, Hogan coming back, winning the title, putting a flag over him when he pinned him. And, uh, or no, what was it? Uh, Slaughter put the Iraqi flag over Hogan and tried to pin him. And Hogan mm-hmm. kind of kicked out, ripped the flag. and uh, but the uh, WrestleMania 8 with Hart and Piper, again, that was just probably one of the top 15 to 20 matches of all time. I mean, it was beautiful. Savage versus Flair. I remember Flair was, you know, all over Elizabeth at the time, feeding her strawberries. And so, I mean, it's, you know, 
Hogan Slaughter, I have to say, out of that is probably my favorite because it was just it was just fanatic. Hulk Hogan was the ultimate American hero at the time, and again, Sergeant Slaughter was the ultimate villain. So, I mean, the good WrestleMania moments so and title changes, but uh, that probably sticks out to me the most. Absolutely. All right, real quick, let's get to Roblox predictions. Uh, <clears throat> uh, I guess we have the spoiler for some people. New Day against the League of Nations. Uh, New Day will find a way to win. That's fine. I'm good with that. Agreed. Brock Lesnar versus Bray Wyatt, man. Uh, they're going to throw something in there, but Brock Lesnar will win. Yeah, I think it's hands down Brock Lesnar. Uh, the next team match, the Revival, Scott Dawson and Dash Wilder, uh, Wilder uh, defending the NXT Tag Team Championship against Enzo Amore and Colin Cassidy. I think uh, Enzo and Colin Cassidy are going to end up winning. Huh? Yeah, I was I had this conversation earlier today, and I think with the New Day being slated to become babyfaces after Mania. I don't think that they'll pull up Enzo and Cass from NXT. I mean, that's been one of the biggest rumors uh, as of late. I I think Enzo and Cass will pull it off, man, because they had the match in London. They they didn't win, so why would they have it again? So, yeah, I'm going to go Enzo and Cass. Triple H and Dean Ambrose. Uh, Triple H. Yeah, uh, I agree. Triple H, uh, just... You know, I, I don't think they'll throw a wrench uh, three weeks in. You know, it just doesn't make any sense. Although they've been poorly, poorly booking the Ambrose and, and Lesnar feud uh, the past couple of weeks. But we'll see. Thank you. Thank you so much, Davey Richards, for the awesome interview. And uh, be sure to stay tuned as far as where this interview is going to go. So uh, just keep your eye open. Of course, follow us at Crave Wrestling on Facebook at Crave Wrestling. And go to the Crave Wrestling Facebook page to follow us. And we always, I mean, just every day post stuff on there, real fun stuff, videos and, and, and updates and things like that. So be sure to tune in with us. We'll be back next week. We've got some awesome, awesome uh, news coming up. I was offered a uh, position to work for a big wrestling site. So I'll let you know about that. Thank you so much for your awesome support. Until next week, enjoy your week of wrestling. God bless. Goodbye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.